0: This is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives, here on 97.5 CIOE FM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission is to change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay, and healthy and well, so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Today, I am again with my friend, Dr. Cheryl Carthouse, naturopathic doctor at East Coast Naturopathic in Bedford Cummins. In the last show, we talked a bit about what you do, Cheryl, and we started our mini nutrition series with Protein Basics. And uh, today, we wanted to talk a little bit about carbs. Now, let's talk about first, what are carbs? That's a big name, and people might hear about complex carbs, and they really don't know what it is. That is a great place to start.
1: Thank you, Christine. Uh, So what are carbs? Yeah, they're molecules that are made up. If we go right down to the molecular structure of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. So the name is actually carbohydrates and it's actually hydrated carbon. So if we think of water as being H2O, it's actually hydrated carbon molecule. That doesn't mean a lot to everyone, but if you look at them mo- all, if you look at the structure molecule and the name just actually says what it is, which is really neat.
0: Now, the more common type of curbs that the people know about is something like sugar what what else is all under curbs. Yeah, that's a great
1: place to start again moving forward. So saccharides is sort of what we call more of that technical term that includes sugars, starches, and cellulose. Those might be other keywords that people have heard before. So, so cellulose, that would be kind of plant fiber? Exactly. Yeah, that includes dietary fiber. It actually includes trees as well. So we can actually also get cellulose insulation for your house, but we don't eat those for they don't digest very well. <laughs> I believe
0: not. <laughs> so what's the hype about carbs? Are they good for us? bad for us? What What are the different kinds of, can we go a little bit more maybe, start with the sugars?
1: Absolutely. So
0: with sugars, we
1: get different forms of sugars. And they're put into categories based on how long the chain of sugars is. So sometimes it might just be one A sugar molecule by itself, like glucose, that's one that maybe people have heard before. Um, Another way that our body uses a monosaccharide, which is just this one form of uh, one molecule of sugar. So glucose is used for energy. And another one is that it's actually also used in their structure of our DNA, which some
0: people might not know. So that's interested. So many people know because they have diabetes or know somebody that is, has diabetes that are, they have high blood blood sugar. Really, that mm-hmm. means high blood glucose. Isn't that what we measure?
1: Exactly. Yeah. High blood glucose is when, mm-hmm. uh, is when you do have high blood sugar. And that is often measured when people do a little thing, finger prick test. And what is a problem in diabetes is when we get into the insulin spiking. So it's a hormone that your body uses to help control the sugar. When you eat a lot of it, your body should be producing insulin. There are some types of diabetics who don't produce insulin. And then there are some types of diabetics who over time, as we age, their pancreas stops producing that hormone. And so that's when we get diabetes. And there's a lot we can do with carbs actually to help control that as well.
0: Now, that is really interesting. People don't know that, but there is a big difference whether you eat simple sugar, like what you can buy as sugar, or whether you eat a a complex carb like starches. uh, Even white flour is a complex carb in the sense of the word, but there's better things to eat. So what would you recommend people eat when they have diabetes? Many people here in Nova Scotia do.
1: Yeah, so I for people who have diabetes or really anybody, I like to break up the carbs family into ones that you've already mentioned, so we have sugar, we have starches, and then other nutrient-based carbs. Complex carbs kind of falls in a few of those categories, but if we think of it in those words, often people have used the, heard those terms before. So the first one that we can talk about is dietary fiber. That's more of a complex carb. And usually there's or there's always two types of dietary fiber and usually they're mixed in different foods. So we can get soluble fiber, which dissolves in water, and it is readily fermented in the colon, which is where all of our good bacteria is that we want to keep nice and healthy. So all these types of, or both of these types of fiber, the insoluble and soluble fiber, help to feed this bacteria. So it acts as what they call a prebiotic for your probiotics
0: which are actually <laughs> the bugs so that's really interesting now what foods would contain those beneficial prebiotics or fiber mm-hmm. insoluble soluble is uh, soluble fiber the same as resistant starch or that's a word that i heard before
1: um, so insoluble fiber, it doesn't dissolve in water, and yeah. so it actually helps to bulk up this uh, bulk up the stool. It helps to clean things out
0: and it's really, really important to get immaculate pooping. Right, it is so important that people talk about the poop and the right way, and many people are constipated nowadays. Mm -hmm. So, having a good
1: amount of both of those fibers is important, and it's really important to know that if you're constipated, drinking water is one of the first things that you can do, and just actually taking more of a stronger fiber. Somebody might have heard of psyllium husks before, actually isn't always helpful because it can kind of cause a bit of a backup and more of a problem. So you definitely want to be drinking lots of water. And if it's really a problem for you to go talk to a nutritionist or
0: health coach like yourself or come see an ND like myself. That's right. And I would also uh, want to ask what kind of foods are the best to eat if you want to add fiber to your diet? And I always say it's the best to eat it in whole foods and not in a capsule. And then maybe you forget to drink the water and then you get the opposite effect, as you said.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So both the insoluble and soluble fibers are typically in foods combined. So some are Oats are a fantastic source, so steel-cut oats, chia seeds, fruit has a lot of both of them, avocados, broccoli, carrots, really all your fruits and vegetables, and then you can get into more of the other seeds like flax seeds, um, psyllium seed husks, and then nuts and almonds that actually have lots of different types of fiber in it. Not as much, they have some other fats and proteins in them, but they a lot of different foods actually have quite a few um, amounts of carbs in them.
0: Many people, when they think about carbs, they think of rice and pasta, uh, and maybe even potatoes and bread. What do you think of those? Yeah. So as I mentioned, those three categories, we kind of have that sugars, the
1: starches, and then the nutrient carbs. So we talked a little bit about some of the nutrient carbs, which are all those different types of fibers in vegetables and fruits. And when we talk more about starches, that is what you're just mentioning, talking about breads and potatoes. Starches can be really helpful in our bodies. They are also complex carbs. However, they do need to be broken down in a slightly different way. And part of the issue that comes into play when we talk about starches is that we eat them in what we call a high glycemic load context. Now you need to explain that. Absolutely. (laughs) I will do that. So again, um, some people with diabetes may have heard the, the idea of glycemic load before, but I will explain it for those who don't. So the idea is that the amount of food that we eat as well as what it's made up of gives us a different result. So let's take an example. A giant plate of pasta is made up of wheat and eggs and a few other things. It is mostly made up of carbs And it is a big heaping plate. So maybe a whole pound of pasta that you're having on that plate. If you have a small cookie that is maybe the smaller than the size of your hand, it is also made up of carbs and maybe has some sugars in it. If it's a chocolate chip cookie or made with made with sugars. But the glycemic load of the pasta dish is much higher than it will be of the cookie, even though the cookie has more simple sugar in it.
0: Wow, that's interesting. So starch, especially white flour and white pasta, white rice, gets broken down really fast by the body into simple sugars? Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. yeah. So, and
1: it's it can spike our insulin level. And that's one of the biggest things that you want to be cautious of for anybody who has... chronic pain, anybody who has diabetes, anybody who has a diagnosis of cancer, really anybody who has um, menopause symptoms or other hormonal symptoms like PMS, other hormonal imbalances or thyroid dysfunction, making sure that that insulin level stays nice and level is really, really important.
0: I've heard that the insulin is also a growth hormone. So when people get Big obese and they eat a lot of simple carbs. They can't lose weight because the insulin stays high. Is that right? Can be a contributing factor for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's many factors. We know that. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. I always recommend to my clients to eat complex carbs that are whole grain. Uh, not all everything that the industry labels whole grain is really whole grain. When you look at the label, it says maybe whole wheat flour. And then it says enriched wheat flour. So that's regular white flour. So there's a lot of fake whole wheat products out there. And it's very important, I think, that people learn to read labels and shop for the products that are really whole grain and not fake whole grain. That is one of my favorite tips that I really encourage
1: people to do is sometimes people will come in and they want to read the labels and they're looking at the nutritional advice on the label. So that will have a number of grams or perhaps percentage of your daily intake of what the sugars should be. I really encourage people to get away from reading that part and go to the ingredients list. Mm -hmm. So that's the important bit of what you're talking about of making sure that if we have some sugars that are on the nutritional information We want to make sure that we know what actually is making up that amount of sugar. So if we look at the ingredients list and we can see, like you're talking about, does it say sucrose? Does it say high fructose corn syrup? Where are those sugars actually coming from? Or does it say
0: whole grains or whole wheat flour or different things like that on it? Right. And I see that's often labeled carbohydrates. And sugars, so the carbohydrates include the fiber. So if you subtract the sugars from the carbs, you basically have the amount of fiber, which many people don't know. Mm -hmm. So that's really important, and I'm happy we are talking about that so that people know what to look for. And I always recommend that when you read the ingredients list and you can't pronounce, you don't know what it is, I recommend against buying it.
1: Mm -hmm. There's lots of preservatives that are found in the ingredients list and lots of actually hidden sugars, which I find a lot of people are often quite surprised about when they read the labels, understanding that there's sugar in your salad dressing and there's sugar in your spices and there's sugar in all these places that we don't expect there to be sugar.
0: And that is a wonderful place to end the first half of today's broadcast here on 97.5 CRY FM Community Radio. And we will talk more about sugars and starches in the second half. Please tune in after the commercial break for more with Dr. Gerald Carthouse. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and I'm with today's guest, naturopathic doctor, Dr. Cheryl Cardhouse. In the first half, we talked a little bit about carbs, starches, what they are. And I would like to get a little bit deeper into the matter because it matters to so many people. What really do the carbs do to the body? Many people heard that sugar is not good for you. So what what really does it do to you? What what do we need sugars for? Sugars are really important.
1: Glucose is one sugar, which we've mentioned already here in the first half as well, and lots of people have probably heard that word before. It is our source of energy. So we have our little factories in each of our cells called mitochondria that take glucose and turn it into ATP, which is that form of energy. So our heart beats every day for our entire lives. It's really important that the heart gets a lot of energy. So it actually uses quite a bit of glucose. So the fuel is really important, not only for our heart and our other than muscles so we can get up and run around and do all of the work we need to do during the day, but for really all of our important organs, our immune system, the development for
0: our brain function as well. Yeah. Brain uses a lot of energy, at least in most people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now uh do we is it good if we eat a lot of sugar to get more energy, or is it really counterproductive? So glucose
1: is found in a lot of different things. We definitely do not need to eat table sugar or any type of processed sugar in order to get glucose. You can get glucose in lots of different things. Even some of our vegetables have the sugars that we need in order to make that energy production and help our brain function. So absolutely not. You never need to eat any type of sugar that is processed or
0: that is readily available in packaged foods in order to get that type of energy. Now, what's the hype? Many people think it is better to eat honey or maple syrup instead of white sugar or even cane sugar, date sugar. Is there any difference?
1: It definitely is a little bit better because it can come from a natural source compared to a lot of the other sugars are, especially white sugar is bleached. Even brown sugar is Typically bleached sugar that has molasses put back into it. And people think they're getting more of a raw form when they eat brown sugar. So honey does have some natural microorganisms in it. Uh, maple syrup has some other minerals in it. So they are slightly better forms, but they do still spike your insulin levels. So if somebody, as we used the example before, has diabetes, you still want to be really quite careful in how much you're consuming of both the honey and uh, uh, maple syrup and some of the other natural sources like agave that comes from a cactus as well. And some people might have, might be using some of these alternative sugars because they think they're better. But you really want to be careful and watch out for that, especially depending on your health conditions.
0: Many people try to avoid sugar by resorting to sugar alternatives or artificial sweeteners like Splenda, or Aspartame, or NutraSweet, or Equal, or Stevia, which of them should they choose? And is there really a difference?
1: It's definitely a difference. And essentially, most of those alternative sugars are really just chemical compounds, and they don't serve any good purpose in our body. Stevia has had some microbial benefits that I've read a few research studies on. I treat quite a bit of Lyme disease in my clinic, and there's some research on that. But in terms of aspartame and a lot of those other sugars, you really want to avoid them as much as possible. It's possible that they can actually contribute to diagnoses such as cancer, and they just make the environment and the body really not a great place for all the cells to thrive
0: and many people will have heard that not just aspartame, but also Splendor disrupts your microbiome. And I must say, I still like Splendor because it has a good taste. But when you read how it's made, it's really a chemical product that the body really can't use. Yeah, so
1: absolutely not the
0: best thing. And stevia, you can grow it in your garden and, and use it out of your garden. It has a little bit of Taste, if Astuvia. you do it. CVR, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is really a natural compound, but there's natural compounds that are poisons. So I'm, I'm a little natural doesn't mean necessary. It's really good for you. Right. It's
1: best that if you're wanting a sweet treat that you can make something with fruit, uh, smoothies are a great form to do that or just having a piece of fruit is really the best alternative. But we know that that's not always going to be everyone's first choice.
0: That's right. Many people like to drink fruit juices. What do you think of those?
1: Yeah, that is a much more concentrated form of sugar. We get away from all of the fibers and whatnot with that. So even if it's more of a natural fruit juice, we miss all of the insoluble and the soluble fibers that we talked about. And those are really important for making sure that the digestion is going through the intestines at a pace that is really good for nutrient absorption and as well as to collect all of the toxins that you're trying to eliminate out of the body. So making sure that you have the fiber is really important. It slows down the ability for your body to absorb the sugar. So having fruit juice, having the apple uh, squeezed and having the fruit juice from that is a much different effect on the body than actually just eating the apple, which is full of the fiber and everything. So it's a much better option to eat the fruit.
0: And we didn't even get in all the chemicals added to the fruit juice and uh, all the toxins that can be contained. And uh, I'll talk about that in a later show. So it's really interesting that the body really doesn't need any sugar. It makes it itself. What about the low-carb diet? It is a big craze nowadays, sugar detox, low-carb diet.
1: Mm -hmm. low carb diet. Uh, I'll also mention the GAPS diet or paleo type diet. Typically what those are saying or what they're asking you to do is to cut out the grains. So this is where it's really important to understand that difference between sugars, starches, and other nutrient dense type carbs, which are more of your fruits and vegetables. Because all of those low carb diets, they don't mean all of the carbs to be low. They typically focus on cutting out all of your processed sugars and cutting out more starches. So the paleo diet really does a good job of um, eliminating all of the grains even which are in that starch category. There can be some benefit to some of these types of nutritional approaches, especially as you mentioned, the microbiome. So if our gut is not in a happy place, if you can think about right now, if what would you rate your digestion? So all of, do you have gas or bloating? Do you have any cramps or anything like that? And then how are your bowel movements? If your digestion and your bowel movements are not a 10 out of 10, then your gut system and your microbiome probably need a little bit of work. So these types of diet can actually be helpful because if we have an overgrowth of some of the negative bacteria in your intestines, One version of this would be called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. You can actually also have a yeast overgrowth in your intestines, not only in other areas of the body. And all of these starchy foods, as well as sugars and all of the simple sugars, really help to feed that bacteria. So in that case, a paleo diet or a GAPS diet can be really healing to the Gut into the microbiome and to helping to balance that out and sort of get yourself back on track.
0: Now, GAPS diet. Many people know the terms, and some may even know that it means gut and psychology diet. Now, what really does it do, and what's the difference between paleo and GAPS? The paleo is go sorry,
1: the paleo diet goes back to the idea that we should eat like our ancestors. So they ran around, gathered their own food, they gathered nuts and fruits and vegetables, they hunted for their food, and it's going back to a diet where that would have been their main food sources. It's important to remember with Paleo as well, and if we're talking about the Paleolithic times, that people didn't always have the abundance of food that we have now. So fasting intermittently was a very strong part about that. And if we're talking about the GAPS diet, the gut and psychology syndrome diet, there's a great book to read that explains all about it. It can be very helpful for children or adults with autism. It can be really helpful for any type of depression, anxiety. There's a few different series and steps um, that you can go through that actually look at healing the gut more specifically. When I talk about the GAPS diet, it mainly also means a low-grain diet and a low-starch-based foods diet. So that may include some root vegetables like potatoes and that sort of thing.
0: And if you remember right, it's not just for children good with uh, autism, but it will also be good for children with ADHD. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is really common nowadays. And sometimes it's better to just treat it with a diet than with Ritalin. It depends.
1: When we talk about that gut-brain connection, the microbiome and the gut-brain connection, really anybody with um, any type of mental health concerns should really kind of try to stick to more of a nutrient-dense carbs-type diet
0: with good proteins and fats and that sort of thing. And lots of vegetables. And I think when we in the next show, we'll talk more about fats. And that is a big issue, good fats, bad fats, and uh, what is the hype with the ketones. We'll talk about that in the next show. And thank you very much for being on the show today, Cheryl. It is always a pleasure of talking with you about interesting topics. And this brings me to the end of today's show. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thought, comments, or suggestions or if you'd like to contact Dr. Cheryl Cardhouse, My email here is christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at communityradio.ca. And I'm always grateful for any feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Jim Francis, Thank you. He always does a wonderful job uh, producing the show. You might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run non-profit radio station. And we even have an art gallery. If you're local and you'd like to drop in, we are at 11 Glendale Avenue, Lower Sackville. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon at 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio, with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.